it's not what you think. There's a lot of people who are looking to learn how to defend themselves, protect their families, their communities, and they just go down the wrong path because, of course, you need to have defensive tactics and physical self-defense techniques. And it's a lot more than that. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. This is Craig Gray. Welcome to the Peace Walker Podcast. You're on episode number 31. And today we're going to be talking about how learning to protect yourself, learning self-defense, learning how to shoot, learning all this tactical training, it is not what most people think. So what a lot of people want to do is one of a few things. I'll break it down into two categories. Men want to feel powerful. Women want to feel safe. Now, not to (laughs) say that I know everything, but this is not my first rodeo. I have been teaching people how to protect themselves for over three decades. A little bit longer than I even want to admit to, but most people when they come in to train, and from what I have seen as well, a lot of people who go to get their concealed pistol license and start shooting, they go for emotional reasons. Some some of it is, um, yes, they want to learn how to protect themselves better. And that, that is a lot of it, right? But they're often not really honest with themselves on, on the real impetus of, of, well, maybe not the real impetus, but, but how that really affects them and how they process it. Case in point, you know, 2020 and 2021, very tumultuous times. In 2020, in the summertime, we had all those BLM riots all over the United States. We had one downtown here in Grand Rapids where over 150 businesses got destroyed. There were half a dozen or more police cars started on fire. I should say set on fire. They weren't started, they were set on fire. There were picketers, protesters, and violent rioters. It was a mess. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Not everybody really wants to train uh, martial arts right now. Um, well, that's a little bit of a different story too, but, but my phone is ringing off the hook. I typically get about, I would say, maybe up to five requests or five inquiries per week about people wanting to come down to our local Krav Maga Academy and start their training. Well, I was getting 
double that a day for probably, I would say for at least three, three to four weeks. I was getting like in between eight to 12 calls, emails, texts a day. And here's the funniest part. The funniest part isn't that I was getting called. I think that was pretty expected, you know. You see this, this violence up close and personal and you want to feel safe. But it's, what was interesting even more so is, and I'm not lying here, nobody said to me, hey Craig, you know, this riot is just freaking me out and I want to feel like I have some sense of control and some security in my life. I want to feel like I'm, you know, I have some power over, you know, not getting the shit kicked out of me or what's going on in the society or, you know, I'm, 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 in, I'm in fear for my life because I don't think that, um, you know, the police are going to be able to protect me in this circumstance or I, I want to feel safe, basically. Nobody was saying that. <laughs> what I would get is, well, you know, I've always been kind of thinking about taking up Krav Maga or something and I figured, you know, why not now? And, you know, some of them might even be right, but but <clears throat> it's not an accident that, you know, I'm getting 10, 12 phone calls a day. And all of them are saying, you know, they, they just, now is a good time to be interested in martial arts or self-defense or whatever. Same thing, my friends who sell firearms. I've got a friend who owns a firearms um retail store guns are selling off the shelves ammunition selling off the shelves same thing with those um tactical shooting instructors that i know <laughs> they couldn't run enough classes for people wanting firearms and be able to the license to be able to carry them it's crazy so same thing happened this past few weeks ago when the Capitol stormed, not to the same degree. It wasn't as urgent, and it wasn't, didn't go on for as long. It died down rather quickly. Well, I did have a spike there for, I would say, probably about a week, where people, I would get probably, I would say, five, four or five phone calls a day, which is still kind of high for, for me. Um, not the norm. I usually get, you know... On an average week, like I said, I probably get somewhere about maybe five to seven inquiries a week, not five a day, definitely not 10 to 12 a day. And once again, yes, you may have guessed it. Nobody was really honest with themselves on why they called. Hey, Craig, you know, I'm a little concerned about the unrest in our country and I want to feel safer and more you know, powerful over my life. And I figured, you know, learning martial arts or self-defense or carrying concealed would help me to do that. Oh, no. It's, you know, I've always been interested. I've been thinking about it. Now seems like a good time. So it's not what you think, meaning it's learning how to protect yourself and being a protector and living a protector's lifestyle is 
very counterintuitive in many ways. It's very intuitive in some ways too, right? Now with the social unrest that was happening, men wanted to feel safe too. There's no question, right? Men wanted to feel safe too, but they also wanted to feel powerful. Like they had some power over themselves and that they wouldn't be disrespected by people thinking they're weak. And that builds a lot of frustration and um, they can develop into anger. But this idea of being a protector isn't what most people think. It's not just about learning the physical capabilities of protecting yourself or you know, buying a, a tool, in this case a, a firearm, to feel powerful in that. Is there power in that? Absolutely is. You know, a gun can kill somebody very easily. And is there power in learning how to physically defend yourself and fight? Absolutely is, you know. If you're not a, a born fighter, which some people aren't, Learning the capacity to, you know, protect yourself and bring harm upon another human being willingly for the right reasons, hopefully. But having that capacity mentally and physically and emotionally, there is a lot of power in that. But it's not just about that. It's about the whole enchilada. It's about learning how to diminish conflict. And that starts inside of you. And also, there has to be a formula. There's a recipe to do it right. And most people just don't get it. Most instructors don't get it. Most systems and schools don't get it. What they do get is they get part of it. right? They get one slice of it. And sometimes the people who even have one slice of it, they can't relate that. They can't pass that on. For some reason. <clears throat> so, here's what it isn't. It is not just about learning to kick ass. It is not just about learning how to shoot and owning a firearm. It's not about learning just to be an assaulter or a fighter. It's not about sport. It's not about history or culture in that, that way. Yes, you need to have physical skills because that is going to help you to feel more confident and safe inside of yourself. And, you know, push come to shove, you may have to use it and you want to be good. But the other part of that is, as well, is you've got to be well-rounded and those skills have got to be appropriate for what problems that they're going to be addressing. I know it's a lot of mumbo jumbo. What I mean is you can be the best like grappler in the world, but it's not just about grappling. You can be the best boxer in the world and real life isn't just about boxing. You could be a Navy SEAL. That's great. But when you get out into regular everyday life, it's not about being a sniper or about being a an assaulter the way a soldier might be. One of the problems that we have is everybody 
gravitates towards that. Well, everybody, a lot of the guys do. A lot of the guys gravitate towards that. And there's, and I'm not saying anything bad about these, you know, sheepdog response programs or warrior poet society programs. Um, I think they're great guys. They seem to know their shit. It looks like some really good programs. And that is one part of the puzzle that you absolutely want. You know, I think you, you do want to be tough, right? You do want to be resilient. You do want to learn those skills if you're going to put yourself in that capacity as far as, you know, a lot of their, their shooting skills. And then uh, Tim Kennedy's, you know, he's a, he was a UFC fighter, um, black belt in BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and his classes are very physical and very oriented towards his skill set as a soldier, his skill set as a fighter, his skill set as a jiu-jitsu guy. And from what I can see, it looks like a really, really good program. And the same thing with Warrior Poet Society guy, uh, John Lovell, I think. At some point, I'd love to meet those guys. So if you're out there listening to this, which you're probably not, but if you are, I'd love to meet you guys. I'd love to do some work with you. Um, I'd love to bring you out for one of my Peace Walker Lives at some point in time as a guest instructor. I think you have a lot to offer, and I like your mentality and your, your process of it. However, <clears throat> there's things missing. There are some things missing. And, um, and also, your training has, has got to be well-rounded. And, and the, the stuff that, like for, for instance, they provide, I think, is on, if you look at the big spectrum, let's say 1 to 10, so you've got violence from, you know, you just feeling good about yourself to emotional control to verbal de-escalation and negotiation and influence to, you know, the physical capacity of defense, empty hand with weapons to, you know, dealing with active shooting, active, active shooting events and terrorism type stuff to being a soldier and so forth, you know, um, learning the gamut of it. <clears throat> well, I think they go from mid or high mid, and I'm not talking skill-wise, I'm talking that spectrum, they're going from the, I would say, probably six or seven point to the 10, which is the sexy stuff, right? The, hey, I'm in a situation, we've already tried to do everything we could, and now it's time to you know, take out my firearm and go clear a room or take out the active shooter with, by shooting them and, and so forth. They're probably really good at that by the looks of it. And somewhere in the middle, too, I think, um, with their skills, their, their skills as fighters, well, Lovell not so much. He's a shooter. But Tim Kennedy is a, definitely a fighter. And again, I don't want you to think that I'm throwing these guys under the bus. I think they have great programs. They seem to be really knowledgeable in what they do. And I highly recommend you checking out one of their courses. Maybe someday I will as well. My point is, is... That's the sexy stuff. You know, you go to Rambo camp for a weekend, that's sexy. You go for, to fight camp for a weekend, that is sexy. However, that's only part of the deal. The other part of the deal is you need to learn how to navigate verbally. You need to learn how to navigate through your influence. You need to learn how to not escalate things and how to deal with common type conflicts that, that turn into and 
escalate into some of the, those other more extreme forms of violence that tend to be more sexy to train, right? It's way more fun going on the shooting range and shooting things up or, you know, getting in the cage and throwing people around and choking people out and feeling good about yourself because you're powerful in that very visceral, physical way. And you need that experience. You know, if you're going to be carrying a firearm, you better know how to use it and use it well. It should be an extension of you. You need to learn how to fight. Now, that needs to be tempered by your age, um, your physical capabilities as far as just not injuring yourself and the sustainability of your training as well. And you also need to temper that with good esteem and good clarity on what you are protecting and how you can protect it with the skills that you have. Because most all the circumstances that most of us are going to run into are not going to be the active shooting scenario. They're not going to be the terrorism scenario. They're going to be a low-lying conflict that has potential for escalating into violence. And most programs do not prepare you for that. In our Krav studio, we talk about it, but we don't really address it that much in the in the Krav studio as far as training goes of the verbal capacity of training, of de-escalating, of influence, and how that interacts with the physical. Obviously, in the Peace Walker membership site, we have complete courses and modules on that, and the Peace Walker um, training we do and I do, we go into that. That's what the cornerstone of that whole program is about. So you do need to learn martial arts, right? whether it's through me or somebody else. You de- if you're going to carry a firearm, you do, do need to learn how to shoot. But you also learn, need to learn how to talk and influence people in other ways and clarify the ethic of what you are protecting and continuing to clarify that. So you need a good system, you need a good mentor, you need the right recipe and the formula, and that is not what you think it is. So I'm glad that you are on this podcast now and we're talking about this because unfortunately most people, well not most people, pretty much everybody, you don't know what you don't know. So when people go and they start training, they don't know what they don't know, so that whatever, however they pick their training, usually it's the most sexy thing, that becomes kind of the benchmark of what they'll compare other systems and programs and approaches to. And unfortunately, that's not always the right place because you just don't know what you don't know. So I'm glad that you're here on this podcast so you can get the right perspective. Now, I'm not saying I'm the only one with the right perspective. There's a lot of guys and a lot of systems out there and people out there, instructors out there that have a good perspective. And again, I don't want to come across like I'm throwing sheepdog response or warrior poet society under the bus. Please don't think that. That's not what I'm thinking at all. Not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to 
have a systematic approach that is well-rounded and it addresses everything from the ethic of what are you protecting to emotional control, which physical training will help you with that, verbal negotiation, de-escalation, and influence strategies, physical defensive tactics. Now, physical defensive defensive tactics start with empty hand and then also whatever weapon that you think that you would like to explore to use and willing to use. And then within all those parameters of playing with a diversity of scenarios to prepare yourself for things that may happen. I break it down into four categories with our stuff. One is mindset. Two is awareness. Third section is influence. Fourth section is action. So for the mindset, you have three basic things. You've got the ethic or what you believe to be important, right? What is the ethic of what you're doing? The, the actions of right and wrong, of protecting life. Second portion of mindset is your identity as a protector. What do you see in yourself and what do you see in the other individuals? Can you separate their life value from their actions? And the third thing is your attitude. What is your identity in the moment? How can you, well, let me rephrase. Can you take conflict and turn it into an opportunity? Can you not be part of the problem? You want to be part of the solution. So mindset is made up of ethic, identity, attitude. Awareness is made up of being aware of yourself, being aware of other individuals that are around you, who might be a threat, who might be um, a help, who might need help, who might need help, and who might be of help, right? So, general awareness of, of your surroundings and your environment. So, awareness is yourself, other people, and the environment. Now, keep in mind the environment isn't always a physical environment. There's an online environment. There's a work environment. There's a home life environment. So, it can be a little bit more conceptual as well. Influence. So basically influence is your presence. You being there makes a difference. Your nonverbal and verbal influence that you exert onto a person and onto a situation. And then finally, action. So basically, when I'm talking action, I mean really physical action in this context. Can you avoid what's going on? So avoid it altogether. If you're in it, should you and can you escape or should you engage? So avoidance, escape, or engage. Now, each of those categories have categories and so forth and so on, but I think I'm running out of time. So here is the tip, trick, and tact of the day. It's not what you think. Learning to be a real protector However, it is made up of a lot of details that need to have the right formula, the right recipe. And as my friend and mentor Jack Hoban says, you know, it's like brewing beer. You could take hops, 
and malt and water and mix it all in together and it's not beer, right? It needs to be in the right recipe, mixed together in the right way. You need to have the right ingredients and it needs to be brewed very specifically. So the same thing when it comes to being a protector, learning how to protect yourself, it needs to be brewed. There's a formula, there's a recipe, and it's not what you think. It's not just learning how to kick ass. It's not just learning how to shoot. There's more to it than that, and you've got to find the right system and the right instructor to do it, the right group of people to hang out with. Because a lot of it happens via hanging out, whether it's online or in person. So if you'd like to hang out with me and get going on this protector's journey, learning the right way, learning how to increase your ability to not just protect yourself, but to diminish conflict and quite frankly, have a better life, go to sixdaydefense.com. It's all spelled out, sixdaydefense.com. And that will get you started on the program. It's absolutely free. It's six days long, as it sounds like, right? That's why I called it Six Day Defense, I know. And it's about 10 minutes a day, about two five-minute videos a day. One video is going to go over a concept and a principle. And the second video goes over a physical technique. And that is a good way to start into this approach and my approach of learning how to be a better protector or what I call... I should say, and what I call being a peace walker. So there you have it. Craig Gray signing off. We'll see you on the next one. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.